Hello, my faith-based investors. This is Financial Advisors. Say the darndest things. I'm your host and my mom's favorite faith-based investment advisor, A.B. Ridgeway. If this is your first time to the show, I want to say welcome. If you're coming back for another spiritual refill and want to learn more ways to increase your faith and increase your finances, I want to say welcome back. We have a very exciting show for you today. We'll be talking about how one advisor helps clients achieve uncommon freedom through solid investment performance, control, and simplicity in appropriate product and strategies. Now, if you're busy, you have a full schedule of work, and I'm sure you do, full of life, full of kids. Now, why take on a third job and struggle to find the time to do adequate retirement planning, college planning, and investing when you can have our next guest? I'm not going to go into a long spiel of who he is. I think he's going to speak for himself. I met him at an XYPN conference, and he wowed me from the first time that I stepped over him. <laughs> and you'll understand that in a little bit and why that was so embarrassing. But that just shows to the character of our next guest. I'm going to introduce our next guest, which is the Lou Christman. How you doing, Lou? I'm doing well. Thank you very much for having me. Good, good, good. It's good to have you on the show. You know, as I said before, I just was really impressed about who you were as an individual. You know, when we first met, we were in Denver. We were trying to hurry up into the auditorium. Um, the keynote speaker was going to come on. And, you know, me being a six foot seven, you know, 300 pound man, you know, when I walked in, my eyes was, you know, looking for the people that I was with. And um, I met you and I bumped into you and I and I think God doesn't make any mistakes. Um, there was a reason I met you that day. There was a reason that we partnered up. And I, I think it's to bring your message here today to the platform. It was, it was, uh, it was great meeting you. Absolutely. Perfect, perfect. Well, well we're going to get into sort of your background. So can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your firm? Absolutely. I, I got into the business because I had a daughter. And I like to know what's going on. Uh, very hands-on, you know, stand over somebody's shoulder and kind of just learn stuff. So I know I needed insurance, kind of didn't have a good, you know, the good faith of, that I would get the right product. So uh, did my own investments and just started taking the CFP courses at my local college, really enjoyed how every piece of the puzzle fit together and it's a puzzle and, and that makes it exciting. And then you know, without going into the details of, of some extra stuff, which I'm more than happy to get into, sure. uh, opened up my own firm, you know, interviewed with some companies, didn't like the way they were just selling a product to make a commission and decided I'm going to do it the way I would feel right doing it and paying for it. And that's how I got into it uh, 12 years ago. That's awesome. That's also, you know, and, and for the listeners out there in the financial industry, I mean, anything over a decade is is very impressive, especially when the turnover rate is so high um, in the first year or two. And, and, I, and I think that's a great point to make because what people don't understand is that the conversation we're going to have today is going to help you have a longer career, not just in finances, but just investing, right? So when, when people get in, they want to go fast and they want to go hard. You know, they, they want to take... Um, pushing products, almost like you said, they want to come in, they want to sell their family. Hey, you should buy this. This is going to be great. And they realize that from a longevity perspective, that's not going to work. 
And I think the perspective that you have on how you approach your business is the reason why you're around for 12 years, the reason why you're not bitter, and the, and the reason you're able to, that you're able to give off this great, this vibe and this intensity. Um, with that said, can we kind of break down um, some of your approaches? And, and I kind of want to start with the, you know, the solid investment performance, right? So, you know, we kind of talked about that we can't control the actual return you achieve on your investments philosophy. Um, but if you invest in vehicles, you know, that we know and understand, we can kind of allow our investors to sleep comfortably at night. Can you kind of expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I'm, I'm huge on educating people. I mean, whether somebody actually wants to do the job themselves, when their eyes light up and they get it, that excites me. Um, and quite honestly, if I could teach somebody to do this and they wanted to go out on their own, that's a compliment to me. If I put myself out of a business, that's great. I don't want to get fired, but that's it. Um, but I'm very much educating people of why they have it. And, you know, I've described it so many different ways, but I like to think of it like you're building the pyramid. You need a big, wide, sturdy base. And, you know, yeah, you want to get to that point, but you got to do the, you got to do the groundwork first, whether it's getting out of debt, um, understanding, you know, home purchase prices, you know, yeah, what you can afford, what the bank is going to give you is, is a lot nicer than what I'm going to tell you, you should buy if you want to still save for retirement and you want to furnish that house. Um, so I'm big, big on the education, trying to keep it simple. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that talk above your heads, talk about my heads, and that's just not what, I, that's not the people I'm trying to serve and help. Right. Right. And get them to the next level. Right. And, and this, this do it yourself mentality. And what I mean by that is that where you empower somebody to feel comfortable around finances, um, where they can kind of take control um, of some of the financial decisions. I know personally from my firm, it makes me feel good when a client is able to make some of those decisions on their own. One comment I make to my clients is that I want to give you enough information where you can make good financial decisions because you know yourself better than I do. You know, when you get an inheritance or if you get an influx of money, you're going to know before me. So to be able to have some good rational reasons and the ability to make some of those allocations prior to meeting with me makes me feel good. You know, when a client comes in and says, listen, I got a bonus of $50,000. I'm thinking about putting 10 in, you know, this index fund. I'm thinking about taking five for this home improvement project to fund that goal. And, you know, I need to figure out what I want to do with the rest. That makes me feel good. Then somebody who just puts a check down and says, tell me what to do, right? I mean, A, you're happy that they brought the check in first to you. Yeah. But the fact <laughs> that you educated them and they didn't go out and buy the $70,000 pickup truck right. is the key. And it's, it's, it's getting them to think a little delayed gratification, but, but asking them the questions, do I really want this? Do I really need this? Is there a better use for this money? Hey, I'm going to have a wedding for my daughter. Maybe I should put some money over there. Like it's not the immediate gratification when they're bringing you those ideas that they've already thought about it. That's great. Um, and again, in your case, the fact that they even brought you the check-in and then, and then go spend it is even, you know, it's just bonus right there that they're thinking. Yeah. One of the things I coach my clients on is, is to stop and to reflect and, and not on every dollar they make. Um, I read a research paper. I, I wish I could have brought it up, but um, anything over 10% or 15% of your 
annual income causes anxiety. People don't really don't know what to do with it. So they'll rather spend or give it away because they're just not comfortable with that amount of money. So what I tell clients is at that point, I need you to stop. I need you to reflect. And we need to take strategic approach to the rest of these funds. Because like I said, the instant is it's extra. You know, it's more than what I'm making. So if you have $100,000 a year job, you get a bonus for 15,000. Well, let's say 20,000. You may save that 15,000, but you're going to burn through that 5,000. You're going to think it's extra. So, you know, we stop, we reflect, and then we figure out how to divide appropriately. And I just think that comes with practice. You know, I I think sometimes we, we give clients too much and we just need to learn, teach them bit by bit, a little bit by little bit, small adjustments, just like a golf swing. Okay. That's what I do with my planning is I try to eat the elephant one bite at a time over the course of the year. Hey, this month, we're only going to focus on this. Next month, we'll focus on this. What I like to do with my clients is I give them a service calendar where we're only addressing one financial standpoint in their life for that month, maybe two, Mm. but Hey, all I want to do is we want to do a new net worth. We want to show you where you're at. Once we get that next month, we'll show the retirement projections. Next month we'll do IRA contributions. We're not trying to jam it down their throat all at once. You know, have them fill out a questionnaire that takes them an hour and a half to do it. It's like, look, just give me, this is your number one priority. We'll address that right away. But we will, over the course of time, get to everything else. Uh-oh. What I do at my firm is I will give them people a service calendar so that they can see during this month, we're going to talk about this particular financial issue. During this month, we're going to do another issue. So I'm not trying to overwhelm them. I'm trying to feed them and educate them a little bit at its time so that they get comfortable with the process. Uh, things obviously get smoother as time goes by, but it's not overwhelming them. Right. Right. Exactly. And that probably goes into our second topic, control and simplicity. When we talk about simplifying your investments in your personal finances, so you can kind of take over that burden of the daily management of the investments and they can kind of enjoy the birthday parties, the sporting events, you know, the kids, the grandkids, and and enjoy everyday life. Can you kind of break down that process? So we talk about the service calendar, right? Taking it piece by piece, but can you speak a little bit more about that process, whether it's from the onboarding or just dealing with you as a financial advisor? I mean, when we're, I'm trying to help simplify people's lives um, so that they can enjoy it. I'm gathering their paperwork. I'm trying to help them organize their paperwork, you know, put it in this folder, creating this, making it easy for them. They don't need to be on it day to day. They know that I'm there looking at their accounts, keeping an eye on it, letting them know if there's any changes need to be so that they can just kind of, you know, know that somebody's working for them. Uh, I've described it as you're the CEO of the business or you're the CEO, you you own the football team, go Cincinnati. Um, (laughs) They have coaches, they have the head coach, the special teams coach, the offensive coach, the defensive coach. You have all these people working for you. You want the Super Bowl. You're right. in charge of the big. And that's right. Just try to take their statements, try to organize it, try to, you know, again, educate them along the process for as much as they want education, uh, but take that over for them. Right. Exactly. And maybe we can speak on this a little bit more as well. Is that when you're hiring a financial advisor, it's really good to set the expectations of what you really want them to do. Because the reason you're seeking a financial advisor is because you need a financial advisor. There's an aspect of your life that you need to relinquish 
to somebody else who's a professional and maybe knows a little bit more, right? So when, you know, I, I talk to my clients, I says, listen, the reason you're hiring me and that you're paying me is so you don't have to deal with some of these, these financial issues. So when you come, make sure you come and give me everything that you have, you know, use me to your full potential. Because what sometimes I find is that clients are a little reluctant to give you all of the responsibility of the finances. And then when I tell my clients is that if you feel a little timid of sharing some of your financial, you know, mistakes, then we haven't built enough trust yet. And that maybe we need to learn more about ourselves first or about each other, excuse me, first before we proceed. Because what I tell clients is this is a relationship that I'm going to have for a very long time. You know, things are going to come out and it's okay. And I just think people have a little apprehension um, as far as the decisions that they have made and, and don't realize that by hiring us, we can help correct some of those mistakes. So when you go into your strategy, as far as providing products and, and how you're going to approach your finances, what are some things that you look for in your clients and in their finances? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering their background information. How did they grow up? You know, did they talk about money? Do they share their feelings? Some people don't have joint accounts. They still keep their finances separate. How is that working? You know, I want just new people that hopefully will come on board. They've been married for a year and, and they're just starting to share financial information. <laughs> right, right. Um, which is great. And I want them as a team because we can get you out of debt quicker because again, if person A can save an extra $200 to pay down the debt, but person B only does 50, I feel like that's a potential conflict when, you know, we could be working together and putting a total of 250 on our debt and just knocking it off. And whether you're starting with that small balance first and doing it that route, or you're starting with that higher interest rate, it's going to be someone's, you're a team, work together, get rid of this debt, get rid of the stress that comes with the debt. And you're going to be that, and you're going to be that much stronger. You know, I'm looking at their overall situation. How old are they? What have they already saved? What are the vehicles that they're saving in? Are they doing their 401k? Are they, do they have IRAs? Do they have brokerage accounts? I'm a big proponent of having multiple sources, like the pre-tax 401k, the Roth options, and then a regular brokerage account for those issues that come up. Um, comes in great, you know, comes in handy. Uh, I'm looking to see if they have kids. Do we need to do college planning? Do you want to have kids? If you're confident you're going to have kids, why not open the 529 now in your name and transfer it over to Junior or the little girl when they come along? I got a client that had three years of growth before they had their little girl. Uh, so it's it's throwing it out there. But again, I'm a big I'm a big pro and a con guy. This is the reason we're doing this. This is the pro. Here's, you know, here's the downfall of this particular product. You know, the pro is it's we're going to be able to lower our taxes. The con is the government wants your taxes when you <laughs> turn 72 on that 401k. Just understand what it is. Here's my recommendation, what you would do. But I really do try to empower the people. So, so this is my question. So you brought up a good topic. So, you know, some people are recently married or are recently divorced, excuse me. So how do you handle risk tolerance in unique situations like that, whether it's maybe like a blended family or maybe they have two different risk tolerance? Maybe the woman is ultra aggressive and the husband is super conservative. How do you attack that 
aspect of it? Do you, you know, divide the accounts? Do you put them together? Or do you you wait till they're on the same page to proceed? What are what are some of your approaches uh, to dealing with different uh, risk tolerances and unique situations? I will a of course have them do a risk questionnaire, risk tolerance questionnaire. If they have separate accounts, if the wife is ultra conservative, or they got or the or the man is ultra conservative, and they have four hundred one k account. Okay, we're going to make yours match up with your risk tolerance so that you're comfortable. If it's a brokerage account, we will, we will t- I will typically start off with presenting my portfolio in a blended situation. So if somebody's 60 40, the other one's 40 60, hey, people, here's a 50 50 portfolio. Can we work with this? Right. <laughs> uh, I do find the old saying, and I think Mike Tyson said is that everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Right. <laughs> so we've had good markets. Some people are, believe they are very risk tolerant and, you know, we'll, we'll kind of find out if and when the markets do correct, or we've had more volatility. Uh, and I do explain, you know, that risk questionnaire is to tr- try to find that portfolio that you can sleep at night through this volatility not a today I'm here tomorrow I'm here. Yeah, I, I, I think tell them before you make a decision. Yeah, I think some of us have been spoiled this past decade. You know, some clients like, oh yeah, down you know half a percent. I could take that. You know, <laughs> I was like, that's not how this works. <laughs> but so let me add a couple of things here too. So you plan with that strategy. You you know you're blending these portfolios. You're really getting the client on board with this new strategy. Now. What type of clients do you typically work with? People approaching retirement, people in retirement, or people maintaining retirement? I have, most of my clients are approaching retirement. 40s to 50s, you know, having the kids, the kids are younger, maybe a few, five, five or six years old, getting the college plan and going. I have, I have a few older people, uh, but primarily it's, I do find that most people think finances when something happens in their life. Usually it's not good, Um, you know, or, you know, the wall of, oh my God, I turned 55 and I'm looking to retire in 10 years. Oh my God, I have no money. Well, let's start, let's start working on that. I I actually have a few people that are in their, in their twenties. We're getting them going right from the start, clearing, clearing any student loan debt, getting, getting out of that and just, they're going to go gang gangbusters but they're thinking ahead which is great yes that's awesome there's what do you what do you find um what i find is that when life is in transition money is in motion so what that means is so what that means is if somebody's getting married somebody's getting a divorce somebody's having a child somebody's going to school somebody is selling their home somebody has a different job when life is in transition and i think there's like 20 or 40 different life trends it's not just 72 years old 65 years old, 55 years old, right? The kind of, you know, retired, you know, pre-retired, you know, the traditional um, ages. There's a lot more transitional periods. And I was always taught that if you do not, if you are not proactive in addressing your client's life transition, that money's going to move, whether it's going to move in or it's going to move out. And what I do is, yep. is develop strategies to help prevent the money from moving out. I'll give you an example. Um, a majority, what I find is this is a, 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 a pretty much across the board. We get people who work really hard. You know, they work for 
20, 25 years for a company, they leave their company and they get some good advice somewhere that says, you should take your money with you. You're no longer there. You can't contribute to your 401k anymore. Take your money with you. Okay. They read this online. What do they do? They do a lump sum. They take it out. And then what happens? Some of these people are still only 58 years old. Some of them were even 59 years old. And they put it in the savings account and they lose because they have a 10% penalty. So they lose one out of every 10 years that they worked, right? Then they have this huge tax bill because their income has gone up for that year, right? Because tax is ordinary income. And now they have higher taxes on the money, the other money they save. So it's just a, it's a, a snowball effect from one decision. Now, if they would have went to a financial advisor when their life was in transition, then they wouldn't have to worry about that money movement or actually losing a lot of their income. So people ask, what's the worth of a financial advisor? The worth is if we can reduce your risk of losing a large portion of your assets, because a lot of money is not lost in the stock market, right? And that's what people's confused about is that if we think of 10%, we think of like a correction, right? We think of a little pullback in the market, but some people are losing 10% to taxes on penalties. <laughs> and, the, and it has nothing to do with your investment strategy. We even said that the biggest breakdown between wealth transfers and the loss of net worth from generation to generation is the lack of communication. And that comes from parents not speaking to their children and then also parents not having the state planning in place where they can put the money in appropriate places so they don't lose on penalties and transfers and things of that nature. So I said all that to say this, is that what I look for in clients and what I see is that people have an idea of what they want to do, but they can't translate that into financial jargon. You know, they don't, they don't know how to put that into a financial plan. They don't know how to put that into a financial strategy. So what I'm finding is that people are becoming more educated of the general concepts, but they are not getting the details that are going to get them the results that they're looking for. Does that make sense? It's almost like they come in, they say, I know I need to do something with my retirement, but they just don't know what. They know they need to contribute to their 401k, but they don't know how much. They know that they, they, uh, their employer has a matching contribution, but they don't know what the max is. Those are, are, are things that are really going to um, affect your finances more than if the market went up 5% or was down 2%. What I find on occasion, not always, but I will, because again, heart of the teacher, like, like I sit there and go with the old, that 401k. They're right. getting advice to roll it over. Why are they getting advice to roll it over? Well, it's not how I charge, but some advisors get paid on that. And that's yeah. why it was rolled. And they will sit there and go, oh, you mean I could have kept it there? So I'm going, yeah, you could have kept it there mm -hmm. had you wanted to. You, ha you have options. I mean, I'm off the top of my head, three, keep it there, roll in to, a, to your, your new company, move it into there to avoid the 10% penalty, do it to the, or, or do it to the IRAs. To avoid the to avoid the penalty, or and again keep it there. You're you're leaving your work at 55 or 56, keeping it in the 401k avoids a 10% penalty. Yep. Versus the IRA, I, I I do sit there and go, you can take it, but you're going to pay a very big pain, painful fine for that uh, and penalty, and I highly do not recommend that one. But technically an option. Yeah, and you know, and you have a great point there. You know, you got to understand how people get paid because. Let's say, for example, you're, you're, you're in your 20s or 30s. Say you have some people who are in their 20s and 30s. And they have, let's say, a good chunk of change, maybe $30,000 or $40,000. And they take it to somebody who's going to roll it over and then reinvest into something different, right? Take them out of 
whether ETFs and indexes or target day funds and get them into A shares, right? So you have to be very careful about how your financial advisor is paid so you know exactly what type of transactions that they're putting in. And on that point, you're a fee-only advisor. Can you explain what a fee-only advisor is from your perspective? Um, my audience knows what a fee-only advisor is because I talk about it so much, but what I tell them all the time is that that's my perspective. And I love to get you know other um, advisors' perspective on what fee-only means to them. When I describe fee-only to my clients, I base very simply say, the only person that pays me any money is you, my client. Right. I don't get paid through commissions, uh, A shares. I'm not, I'm not doing anything. It's just what you pay me. So my incentive is to, you know, I, and I, I know I'm an expense. I, no. Better or worse, I sit there and go, look, I'm an expense. I know that. That's why I put you in low-cost ETFs. Right. I don't get paid that way. Um, so, yeah, I, I very simple. The only money I collect is what my clients pay me. Yeah. And, and I, th I think it's, you know, it is worth discussing, you know, as a fee only advisor, I, I have no shame in expressing my fees or what they're worth because, you know, I tell my clients, well, how much did you pay for your shirt? And you know, 15, $20 or $50, whatever yeah. it may be. And you have a sales tax of 9% that goes to taxes and streets and roads. And I get it. That's an expense. That's a cost. So me, I'm here to kind of mitigate some of those risks right? To help you manage your assets is not just a line item on your expenses that you could just cut out and everything else falls into place. I'm actually contributing to your overall um, strategy for that matter. And my value is dependent on how effective I can serve you. You know, so my value doesn't change if your investments go up or down, right? But my, my perspective on how I can affect your finances is great. With all of our training and, mm -hmm. and everything that we do as financial advisors, is very valuable, um, whether we're saving you time or we're saving you money. Both are, are commodities that it's hard to come by these days. So with time, that, money, rates. Yeah, with that said, I, I, you know, you as an advisor, I, I remember you saying something that you, in your website it says, helping you avoid mistakes. You say that you act as a guide, a professional that you can call and talk to before making the decision, like a sounding board. And I, I just love that. that. That's really spoke to me. So can you- Yeah, can, I want my clients- I want my clients to call me if they have questions. If you know they're they're told about a stock, they're told about an investment. If if they, I, I joke that says, look, tell the auto salesman to, that you got to go talk to your financial advisor if you need to get out of there. Yeah. Use me as the sounding board. Pros, cons. Um, you know, I'll get people with stocks. They want they, they like their individual stocks. And I'll say, well, why are you buying it? Right. What's your thesis? What if it goes down 20%? Like, you know, these are the things to evaluate. Is this a buy today? Um, because again, if they're getting into individual stocks, I'm going to give them a little bit of homework to understand what they're buying. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, I want people to, I heard this, does this make sense? Hey, this is how this works. This is how that works. Oh, I, I hear about real estate. Real estate's hot. Well, let me show you, let me show you these things. You know, you just don't pay anything for a rental property. Let me show you some numbers. I like that educational aspect right. of all of that. And I think a lot of people forget to, you know, like what you said, you know, what's your thesis? What's your, what's your methodology here, right? Are you a dividend investor? Are you a value investor? Can you read a financial statement of a company? You know, are they projected or, you know, what's their, you know, five-year returns? You know, I, I know past performance is not guaranteed of, 
um, future success. But but the idea here is, you know, how stable is this company? These are some variables that you need to consider more than my friend told me it's a hot stock and he made some money. Right. There's there's <laughs> there's other things that go into there. And I, I think I want to transition to this thought process earlier in the interview. You talked about pros and cons. So when you bring a, a product or a strategy to your clients, you talk about the pros and cons. And one thing that's very unique about you, and, and I've said this throughout the whole interview, because I really care about nuances and, and a little disclaimer here for my, my listeners here. When I bring on a guest, I am looking for something that's different in the industry. I am not here to rinse and repeat. I am not here for people to regurgitate the same things over and over. Our guests bring a unique perspective that me and my nearly a decade in the financial industry have not seen. So I've seen a lot, right? And I give you the things I've seen that's tried and true. But Lou has something <laughs> that I've never seen done. And I'm going to show you what that is here as soon as we get back. Ladies and gentlemen, let, let's pause for a second. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, please go and subscribe. Um, be sure to leave comments and questions. We'd love to hear from you. It is your feedback that allows this podcast to keep growing and getting better with every show. If you love the content that we share here, be sure to follow our Faith and Finance blog where you find these topics every Tuesday and Thursday. You can go to our website, www.abrwealthmanagement.com. Click on Christian Media and have access to all the resources we provide for Christian investors for free. Well, at the moment, I can't promise that once we have the members area up that this content may shift over there. So make sure that you sign up so you are one of the first to be notified. Um, before we get back to the show, let me just say, um, follow us on our social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and YouTube. Just Google AB Ridgeway Wealth Management or check the description below. All the links will be provided. So let's get back to the show. Okay, we're back. So I know you're kind of biting at the bit right now to figure out what makes Lou Chrisman different. So if you're just tuning in right now, um, we've gone over a lot. We talked about um, fee-only advisors, being a sounding board, um, making sure that you understand your client's risk tolerance, putting the client first. We went over a large spectrum of different things we're going to look at when we're looking at our stocks, when we're looking at our portfolios, the strategies that we put together. Uh, we have Mr. Lou Chrisman. If you, if you don't know who he is, um, you need to find out who he is. I'll have links in the description to his website, um, to different places where you can engage with him, because I think he is the advisor of the future. Very no pressure. I like his approach. I like what he's doing. So before the break, we talked about what makes Mr. Chrisman different than everybody else. And I'll, and I'll tell you from my perspective is when you go on his website, he has something that is going to blow your mind. And I say this because when we talked about products earlier, he said he goes over the pros and cons of the investments that they go. But what advisor do you know goes over the top 10 reasons you will either love or hate working with him? The pros and cons of working with him. And I just thought this was very well written. 
I think it's a great concept because it lets people know that, yes, you want to help as many people as you can, but no, you cannot serve everybody. There is a personality. There is a threshold that you can serve. It is not. And to the surprise, it really has anything to do with money. It's about personality. It's about matching. And I kind of want Mr. Lou to talk about that a little bit more. Wow. Yeah, I think it's all about personality. I think it's about making a connection with people. I want a small crew. Like I want a fa- an extended family for lack of a better term. I am here to help people, serve people. Um, I want to educate you. I want to show you how I'm doing it, why I'm doing it. And again, you don't need to, somebody doesn't need to go crazy if they don't want that, but it's there. I, I, I want to be able to offer that to people and I can't offer that to 5,000 clients. Right. Um, so it's very much a personal touch getting the, you know, I'm a handshake kind of guy and, and maybe he knows that when we, right. when we met, when he stepped over for me uh, <laughs> and we laughed and we laughed about it. I'm like the one guy who decides to lay down on the, on, on the ground. <laughs> relax during this thing. Um, he's like, are you, can you see? I'm like, dude, I'm laying down. Fine. <laughs> um, and then I hunted him down. Like we talked about. But yeah, it's, it's, you want to get to know the person that you're working with. I'm a bit, you know, I have said to everyone who pretty much comes into my contact that says, you know, you have to put faith in your financial advisor. From that point on, they need to earn your trust. Don't just trust anybody. Don't trust me. You don't want to bring any paperwork to me. Don't bring any paperwork to me. Let's get to know each other first. So yeah, I feel like lay it out there. Let's make that connection or, or let's make, not make the connection. Um, but yeah, I think I'm brutally honest and, and fair in that regard. Yeah, I think so too. You know, one, one thing I like is that it really gives a client a perspective on, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in setting expectations and you're really setting those boundaries up. And I think sometimes we get into these situations because we haven't set boundaries. Um, I'm a related to, to finances here. When you have a financial plan and you know to reach your financial goal, once you set your goals and everything else like that, you need, let's say you need an annualized return of 5%. 5% is your heart number, right? That's a boundary. Now, if somebody comes over here and says, hey, I can promise you 8%, guess what? You're not going to overstep that boundary because you know you only need 5%. So anything over that 5% is increasing your risk, correct? So when you have those boundaries of who you are and who you're willing to work with, you won't slide into somebody who's tempting who says, oh, you know, if you get this life insurance or if you get this policy or if you get this stock or you get this bond, we can guarantee you to triple your money. You have your boundaries set. And the same thing with your expectations with your advisor. If your advisor comes off as a hotshot who can pick the, the best stocks and can get you a, a 15% return, you're setting, they're setting that expectation for you. And when they fall short, you're going to be disappointed. But one thing I like about, you know, Mr. Christman is that he sets these boundaries because he knows he can be consistent. He knows that's his personality. And as I've said this over and over again, but he doesn't just say it. You can actually feel it in everything that he says. So throughout this interview, I want you to kind of listen. I want you to go back and listen to what he's saying. There's no disconnect here. You know, you talk to some advisors, they talk well on one subject. And then when you move to another subject that they maybe not have rehearsed, or maybe they haven't been repetitive, you know, 20 million times, they stumble. But with Mr. Christman, everything flows. Everything goes out. And one thing I love, it's a theme here. And you can hear that theme of options. 
right? He's always giving you an option. He's always giving you the freedom to choose. You've heard any of my podcasts. If you, if you read my blogs or if you, if you follow my posts, one thing I talk about is freedom. And in freedom is not just the freedom to do what you want, but it's the freedom of choice. And that's what Mr. Christman gives his clients. And that's what I just love. He gives them the option. That, you know, when there's a fork in the road, he doesn't tell you to go left or right. He tells you there's a fork in the road and there's options. And the best part about the option he provides is that they don't always include him. He will tell you, listen, you have an option. You can go to a stockbroker who's on Wall Street and you can, you can spend $50,000 and pick the hottest stocks if you want to. Or you can come with me. He's not going to fudge those options that all lead to his down his road. He's going to give you the pros and cons of who he is, what his products are, his strategy, and make sure that you have the freedom to choose. And that's the ultimate form of love to me. You know, um, I'm, I'm going to relate this a little bit to God when he gives us free choice. God loved us so much, he could make everybody do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. But what did he give you? He gave you freedom of choice the ability to choose, and it means more. When he lets you free and you still choose God, that shows true love. And he knows that you really meant it from how great he is and not necessarily because he made you do it. And, and I think the same thing with Mr. Christmas taking that same approach. He wants you to choose him because you feel like it's the right thing to do and you're going to have a great relationship working with him. And, and that's what really makes him stand out to me. He's not worried about onboarding a billion clients. He's worried about making an impact into the family he serves. And that's why I love him on here. So I'm sorry if I, I went on a little <laughs> soliloquy on here, got on my soapbox a little bit, but I'm just extraordinarily impressed by what you've been able to do and what you're doing in your business. You know, I think your quote is saying, I want your business. I want to work with you, but I'm not going to trick you into working with me. I love that. Yeah, thank you. And that's how I feel. I'll put my hand out, shake the hand, do business. So here, I have one more question for you um, before we start wrapping up here. What drives you? You know, what is your motivation to get up and to do this? What, what, what made that perspective uh, come into fruition? Uh, that goes a lot into the deep. I am, I'm a, I'm a widower. I started this business. I was approved by the state, and three months later, my my wife was came down with breast cancer. Uh, we fought it for three years. We did not win the battle, but I want to honor her. I I need to provide for my daughter, and I want to do right by people. You know, whether somebody does business with me or not, whether I give them the answer and they go do business with somebody else, I don't care. I want to do right by people, and I want to honor. I want to provide for my daughter. I want to provide for me, and I you know I kind of want to honor. And I'm my wife who was with me. That's what drives me. And I, and quite honestly, I, I love what I do. And everyone's a puzzle. And I like solving that puzzle. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Can I, can I ask one more question here? Um, and this is kind of the golden question. If you had a financial planner, what would you tell him or her your goals were? My goal is financial freedom. I want to choose to work, not be required to work. I would definitely like to do some traveling, would like to you know, benefit my daughter uh, and, and gift to her as I, as, I, as I can. She will certainly benefit from you know, when my time comes. 
but I am shooting for my financial independence, the freedom to choose to work, not, not to work. That's awesome. That's my goal. That's awesome. Freedom of choice, right? And that's what we want. And I think, I think that's what people want when they say, I want financial freedom. I think what they really mean is I just want freedom to choose. I want a freedom to choose when I work, when I get up, where I go and how I live. Um, I have this discussion with my friend saying that I was a creative, you know, I'm almost like an artist and, and my focus is not the money either. My, my focus is the process, you know, to see something come into fruition. So same thing with this, this podcast that I have, you know, the, the beauty of a podcast and, and being able to touch the audience in a unique and intimate way is that you get to create something from nothing. You get to put great ideas into the world that's going to shape the minds and the lifestyles of, you know, of hundreds of people. And that's, that's what I love. And that's why I say I love bringing on guests like yourself, because I think that you're going to have a huge impact on those who either come to my firm or go to the page or go to your page or, you know, just anybody who's listening right now. I think they're going to get a different perspective. I talked about this earlier. A lot of people don't know what financial planners do. Some people don't even know the difference between financial planning and uh, financial advisor, right? They, they think they're, they're separate or different. And I just think we need to educate them on the fact that we are human beings. We're people, you know, we're, we're people who do finance, right? That's the new terminology, right? So we are people who are investment advisors. You know, we're, we're individuals who handle finance. We're people first. So just like you, you have a family. I have four children. I have a wife as well. You know, those, those things define us. And we're just like the listeners. You know, we're not the guy just cooped up in a suit. Um, you see Lou, he's, he's probably not going to have like a three-piece suit on with the handkerchief and, and the cufflinks with the bulls and the bears on him, right? <laughs> he's, he's not that type of advisor. He's a human being. And I, I think we all want to have that perspective. So Lou, I want to thank you once again for coming on our show. Um, is there anything else that you want to say before we go? I just really want to thank you for the opportunity. And it was fantastic meeting you in Denver uh, at XY and uh, looking forward to staying in touch and being friends. Oh, definitely. We're definitely going to keep in touch. I've learned is that opportunities are greater than money. You know, money comes and goes. But when you have an opportunity, you have a chance to make as much money as you want. With that said, is that meeting people, the opportunity to meet them is greater than any money that you can acquire. And good relationships are things that you want to keep and you want to hold um, because they're hard to come by, especially in the financial industry. <laughs> it's like cutthroat here. But there are some good individuals if you if you look. You know, you may have had a bad experience with a financial advisor. Don't worry. We're going to give you access to some of the, the best and brightest minds out there that have learned that it's about humanity. It's about compassion. It's about giving. It's not about themselves. And, you know, this guest today, he does that. As always, this episode was created by A.B. Ridgeway, owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, a 100% virtual platform and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should have God in it. If you need help figuring out your finances, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. New episodes are available every Friday, so be sure to subscribe. You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite platforms 
Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Or simply visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com, click on Christian Media, and join our family. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. Daddy, are you done yet? Almost. Why? Can I come inside?